Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hey everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive Dead or what? <laughs> I don't know. How many times have we done this? Isn't that what you say to me? How yeah. many times have we done this and you can't figure it out? It's probably because you broke everything last night. <laughs> this is take two. <laughs> <laughs> Dead or survive. And I am Rob Riches. I am Cheryl Riches. Oh, you didn't even know who you were. I was going to say I'm your host because you usually <laughs> say, <laughs> you usually say I'm your host. Okay, so we didn't get it out quite last night because our computer went... <laughs> Well, was it the computer <laughs> or was it Cheryl? Well, Let's be play, honest. I was going to play the computer, <laughs> yeah. but if we're blaming you, I'm in. <laughs> I goofed. We so anyways, look, we, it, it was uh, like we, we were like 16 minutes in and then I stopped for a second so I could have a drink and gather myself and I was like, that didn't record. Long story short, she didn't record a damn thing that we did. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the podcast went, and then yeah. other things occurred, and then it, I was like, "I'm going to bed. This is yeah. ridiculous." Yeah, we have until midnight Monday to meet our deadline. This is true. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> oh boy, this is episode twenty-five. This is episode twenty-five. Woohoo! And, and I, I have my sparkling wine to celebrate. Right. Yes. And we have some exciting news. Yep, we do. We're taking the podcast to YouTube. Yes. So July 1st, we will be uh, setting up a YouTube channel, uh, Dead or Survive on there, and we'll be recording it from the Batcave. This is true. It's uh, a little bit nerve-wracking, a little bit. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just, people will see me. <laughs> I see you every day and you don't care. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it is what it is. We're going to yeah. go on to uh, YouTube. Uh, we've had some people reach out, say that they might be able to be a more interactive with us. So we're going to see how that works out. We'll try a couple. Yeah. You'll still be able to find us on Spotify and all that stuff as well. Yeah. It, you can just listen to it like a podcast. If that's what you want to continue doing, that's fine. Or you can watch us on YouTube and see that show that we actually are idiots. <laughs> I think they know that. <laughs> no, but now they'll have real proof. <laughs> yeah. And you'll see how deprived I actually am and that I don't have that much Batman stuff. Oh, yeah. And they can call bullshit on that, too. However, I did just finish off my Batmobile collection. So now I have all the Batmobiles. That's exciting. Yeah, he was actually skipping through Walmart today. He was so excited. Yeah, because they had the one I wanted. <laughs> Anyways, this is not a Batman podcast. No, it's not. Um, so yeah, so we have that going on and we will be uploading. We just did a, a big merch thing. So we've got our cups and we've got hats and we've got uh, golf shirts and t-shirts and all that good stuff. So we'll be uploading all that soon onto Instagram and then we will be setting up a merch yep. shop on the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, we just need to steal our daughter for a couple of days so she can help us with all of these things, which is why it'll all be July 1st. <laughs> yeah, because that's when she's done school and she can come help us. <laughs> Because this is where, you know, when you're older and you look at the VCR and it just keeps flashing the time because you don't want to set it. That's where we're at. <laughs> yep. So anyways, 
on with the stories. I hear you got a long one for me. You told me you got a long story. You told me I had to shut up so you could get through it. I don't think that's quite what I said, but I did say that I have a longer story today than I did last week, right? So. And that I need to shut up so you can get through it. No, I didn't say that either. I'm pretty sure you did. I think you make things up in your head. That's what I think. I think you're talking too much now and you need to shut up. <laughs> well, do your little intro. What little Come intro? Come on. You know what you do. Oh. This is your thing. You got your story? I got my story. You got your drink? I have my drink. Let her rip a titty chip. <laughs> okay, I shall. Okay. So long. <laughs> Just stay awake over there. Stay with me. Um, I'm going to tell you about Kate Moyer. But this Kate is, Moyer. Kate Moyer. That sounds like I heard about this last night. <laughs> <You> <laughs> oh, I mean, wow, this will be a great story. <laughs> to be fair, you didn't hear all of it. Nope. <laughs> but you have heard the first part. So just pretend like you've never heard this part and like, just go with it, please. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. So this is one of those stories that I need to give you a backstory for because um, there's a lot going on. So I'm going to start off telling you with the Morehouse murders. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the Morehouse murders? That's what you're going to start us with? That's what I'm going to start us with. The Morehouse murders are named after a street that David and Catherine Bernie lived on. Spoiler alert. These... Elm Street. <laughs> no. Oh. Spoiler alert, these two suck. Uh, David John Burney was the oldest of five children and grew up in a suburb of Wattle Grove, Western Australia. His This is Australia? This is Australia. So this is a shout out to our Australian friends. Yeah, you have people that suck. Way to shout out to them, honey. Yeah, but they have people that are heroes, too. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> You're going to hear about them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Are we recording? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're recording. Okay. What did I tell you? I told you where he grew up, right? Yes, okay. Australia. Right. Waddle down road. <laughs> right. His friends and parishioners from his church uh, remember that his family was very dysfunctional. There were rumors about the family's promiscuity and alcoholism and that they engaged in incest. So all the good things that you can have growing up. Bernie's father was a really small and unattractive man, and his mother was known for her coarse manner, use of profanities, and bad behavior, often exchanging sexual favors with taxi drivers as payment for fares. Nice. Yeah, I wonder what she did for groceries. <laughs> yeah, she did that just get a ride home. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he used to have more brothers and sisters. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Anyways, that's awful. Ber Bernie's school friends also said that the house was always a disaster and the parents never cooked meals for the children. In the early 1960s, Bernie's parents decided to move the family to another Perth suburb where David met Catherine Harrison through mutual friends. At 15, David leaves school to go be a jockey at, at the nearby Ascot, Ascot race course. What is wrong with you? You've had two times to try <laughs> to get that right. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> I don't know. Why would, you, why would they name their race course something that's so hard to say? Anyways. <laughs> um, 
During his time there, he physically harmed the horses and developed a habit of exhibitionism. Why would they even keep him on? They must have fired him, right? He's hitting the horses. Well, it depends how bad he's abusing him if he got caught. Like, what's yeah. it, what do they mean by abuse? I don't know. It just says that he physically harms Because I know a lot of jockeys, like, beat the crap out of the horses to get him to run with a stick. Well, right? I don't want to hear that, probably. Anyways, one night, David broke into a room of an elderly lady where he was boarding. He was naked with stockings over his head, and he attempted his first to commit his first rape. Oh, <laughs> yeah, attempted? he attempted. So he broke into an old lady's room. It said an elderly lady elderly wearing lady. nothing but a stocking on his head. And she kicked the crap out of him. Yes. <laughs> yes. So awesome. <laughs> I wish I had more about that part, but I don't. But I like to imagine that an old lady kicked the crap out of an old, a naked man with a stocking on his head. <laughs> wow. Yeah. By the time he That's was... got shades of anger. <laughs> Growing up. Oh, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> okay. By the time he was a teenager, he was convicted of several crimes, and he was in and out of prison for misdemeanors and felonies. As an adult, he became a sex and porn addict and a paraphiliac. What's a paraphiliac? I didn't know, but it did pique my curiosity, so I had to look it up. I asked you last night to guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... Is it someone that likes wax? No. Oh. Is it somebody that likes this is, why, this is why take two is a fail. <laughs> You're no longer surprised. Anyways. I will be. When we get there, right? right? Paraphilia was previously known as sexual perversion or sexual deviation, and it is the experience of intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, or fantasies. <gasps> like dead people? Like dead people. Wow. <laughs> yes. Some examples are necrophilia. That's dead people. That's dead people. Making obscene phone calls. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What are you wearing? <laughs> Um, or zoophilia, which is exactly what you think it is. He got turned on by the zoo? Sure. By going to the zoo? <laughs> I'm not saying that David did all of these things. I'm just saying that he was, he was classed as a paraphiliac. Oh, he so he did classification. Yeah. He did some of these things. <laughs> I'm not sure which. So I want to know more about the zoo thing. Like, is it the turn on of the zoo or is it animals in the zoo? Or I'm pretty sure it's like, like when you hear about the farmers with the sheep kind of thing. That ah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. There's also some like, it, it goes, the list goes on. It gets, some of it gets really nasty, even nastier than this. I didn't get into it. I thought we didn't need that. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, your stories are <laughs> yeah. bad enough. Let's just move on. Move All on. right. All right. Anyways, David married his first wife during his early 20s, and the couple had a daughter, Tanya. Tanya was 10 years old at the time of his arrest. And Tanya, when she grew up, decided, this is just a side note, which I thought was interesting, that she was never going to have children because she was afraid that she was going to give birth to another David. So she just shut her down. 
that was it. Okay, on to Catherine. Catherine Margaret Harrison was born on the 23rd of May, 1951. She was two years old when her mother, Doreen, died giving birth to her brother, who died two days later. So very sad. Her father, Harold, was unable to raise her and sent Catherine away to live with her maternal grandparents. When she was 10, a custody dispute resulted in Harold regaining sole custody of Catherine. So she's gone to live with her grandparents for this whole time. There's a big fight, and then her dad gets custody again. So she's probably got a lot of feelings about that, right? At 10? Yeah, but why did her father all of a sudden want her back? Who knows? I don't... They didn't say, like... I would hope that it's not because there was stuff going on at the grandparents' house. I don't know. This is what I'm wondering. Yeah. That's why I'm wondering, is there something going on there? Or was he just perverted and wanted his daughter back? Or There's so many... I need, I need facts here, <laughs> <Yeah>. woman. <laughs> I wish I had them for you. There's so many possibilities. And when she turned out the way she did, any one of them could be the case, really. Okay. Then we'll let you off the hook. <laughs> All right. At the age of 12, she met David Burney. And by the age of 14, she was in a relationship with him. This is why I'm not so sure if her dad was the bad guy. Only, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I'm just reading words on a piece of paper, obviously. But Harold begged Catherine on several occasions to leave David because she was often getting in trouble with the local police. But his disapproval of the relationship only wanted to make him make her date him more right that's yeah. what 14 year olds do yeah well even you because you thought i was a bad boy <laughs> <laughs> i would think i was a little uh, older than 14 when i met you baby you thought I was <laughs> yeah. a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> have a drink read your story i'm gonna have a drink okay we're back Her time... yeah we took a break <laughs> yeah. and everything worked <laughs> afterwards <laughs> so exciting it's very exciting and now you know where our edited point is so yes you can see how smooth my wife does it <laughs> um her time in prison throughout her adolescent years offered Catherine a chance to break away from david so there was a parole officer there that was trying to get her to get on the straight and narrow and took her under his wing and she, um she got he got her into a housekeeping gig with the mclaughlin family and by the time she turned 21, she married Donald McLaughlin, so one of the sons she married. She and McLaughlin had seven ch seven children. This That's is the girl that was going to have none? No, no, no. Oh. The girl that was going to have none was David's daughter. Okay, sorry. This is the, this is the piece of, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, their firstborn, a son, was struck and killed by a car in infancy. That, Jesus. Yeah, that breaks my heart. Because even, even if she still had a shimmer of hope left at that point, there it goes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you still have six other children to worry about. I, it so. happens to a lot of people. It's it like it's happened, and they don't turn into serial killers. But it's not an excuse. But anyways. Yeah, just when you've already had the shit stick. And right. Then yeah. It just it just seems to keep coming and coming. Yeah. In 1985, she left her husband and her six children and went to live with David. The couple was never legally married, but Catherine changed her last name to Bernie. For more than a year, David and Catherine had been practicing how to make their sexual fantasies of rape and murder come true. And they did. Of course they did. 
they did. And this is where we start getting into the nasty. Oh, boy. Over a period of just five weeks, the Bernies abducted five women aged between 15 and 31. All of the victims, except for one, were raped and murdered. These are the victims. 22-year-old Mary Nielsen was studying psychology at the University of Western Australia and working part-time in a deli when she met David Burney at a spare parts yard where he worked. A scrapyard, right? Mm -hmm. uh, David offered to sell her some cheap tires for her car and gave her his phone number. It's funny because this is like obviously written in Australia, so where it's, it says, like, for the scrapyard, it's spare parts yard. And cheap tires, t tires is T-Y-R-E-S. <laughs> Just throws you off a little bit. On October 6, 1986, she went to the Bernie's house to pick up said tires. She was gagged and chained to the bed and raped while Dave, by David while Catherine watched. She was taken to Glen Eagle, Western Australia, near Albany Hi Highway in Bedforddale, where she was raped again and strangled with a nylon cord. He then stabbed her, thinking it would speed up the decom decomposition because he read that in a book somewhere. I wonder if that's true. Well, you didn't look it up? No, but <laughs> I, I think they do that to uh, bodies when they're going to throw them in the ocean so they sink. Maybe that's what he was getting confused with. I don't know. Anyway. This is your story. And then they buried her in a shallow grave. She would have received her degree for psychology from the university one year after her murder. Poor baby. Yeah. It sounds like uh, almost like Paul Bernardo and those guys, though, eh? Abducting people and then watching and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, because she is definitely not an innocent here. No. Well, neither was. Right. No, she definitely wasn't either. Okay, number two, Susanna Candy. Two weeks after the murder of Mary Nielsen, they abducted a 16-year-old Susanna Candy as she hitchhiked along the Sterling Highway in Claremont, Australia. She was an outstanding student at Hollywood Senior High School, and she lived at home with her parents and siblings in Nedlands, Australia. Her father was one of the top ophthalmologic surgeons in Western Australia, after she went missing, the Bernies forced her to send letters to her family to assure them that she was all right. But the family feared for her life. They didn't believe the letters. Why would they? When their 16-year-old just stops coming home. The, Especially if there was no underlying causes right. or anything like that, right? Like, just out of left field. Yeah. Like yeah. There might be some if you were going through it and there was troubled kids or whatever. Yeah. But anyways. The Bernies had been cruising for hours looking for a victim when they spotted Candy. When she entered the car, she was held at knife point while her hands were tied together. She was taken back to the house where she was gagged, chained to the bed, and raped. Afterwards, Catherine Burney got into the bed with them. She now knew that this is what uh, really turned David on when they both assaulted the girl that they abducted. Jesus. Yeah. Burney tried to strangle the girl with the nylon cord, but she became hysterical, as one would. The Bernies forced sleeping pills down her throat to calm her down. Once Candy was asleep, David put the cord around her neck and told Catherine to prove her undying love for him by murdering the girl. Catherine complied, complied with the demand and killed Candy while David watched. 
When asked later why she did it, Catherine said, because I wanted to see how strong I was within my inner self. I didn't feel a thing. It was like I, would, I, I expected. I was prepared to follow him to the end of the earth and do anything that his desires until his desires were satisfied. She was a female. Females hurt and destroy males. This woman is a complete psychopath. Hmm. <laughs> it, it took you till this point in the story to think that? <laughs> no, no, it just... It just made it further stamped. Anyways, they buried Candy near the grave of Mary in the state forest. Number three, Nolene Patterson. On November 1st, they saw 31-year-old Nolene Patterson standing beside her car on the Canning Highway. She had run out of fuel while on her way home from her job as a bar manager at Nedlin's Golf Club. Once inside the car, she had a knife held to her throat. She was told tied up and told not to move she was taken back to the morehouse street where david repeatedly raped her after she was gagged and chained to the bed the bernies originally decided to murder her that same night but david kept her prisoner in the house for three days and there were signs that he had developed an emotional attachment to nolene so Catherine got jealous oh that's not gonna be good no it wasn't good um she gave david an ultimatum she said you need to kill her or I'll kill her myself. So he Im immediately forced an overdose of sleeping pills down Patterson's throat and strangled her while she slept. They took her body to the forest, but buried it away from the others. And it, they, um, it was said that Catherine like took a lot of joy in throwing dirt in her face because she was jealous of this poor woman. Why did they uh, bury her so far away? Just I to... think because Catherine was pissed off that David had feelings for her. Oh, yeah. gotcha. So she didn't want him anywhere around. Were they going back and visiting the graves or something? Or? I, I, yeah, to bury more bodies, but other than that. Yeah. Well, they say sometimes that murderers go back and actually they feel remorse, or sometimes if they get turned on by it, they'll go back to oh, remember. They could have been. I didn't read that anywhere, but maybe that's a good possibility. Okay. Number four, Denise Brown. How many did they kill? Four. Oh. This is our last one that they actually kill. On November 5th, the Bernies abducted 21-year-old Denise Brown as she was waiting for a bus on Sterling Highway. She accepted a ride for them, and at night point, she was taken to the house, chained to the bed, and raped. The following afternoon, she was taken to Wanneroo Pine Plantation. In the seclusion of the forest, David Bernie raped Brown in the car while the couple waited for darkness. After, they dragged Brown from the car. David raped her again and stabbed Denise in the neck. Convinced that the girl was dead, they dug a shallow grave and laid her body in it, but then Denise sat up in the grave. But she shouldn't have. Oh, oh my God, she should have just sat. She should have just laid down. David then grabbed an axe, struck her twice in the head, and buried her body in the grave. Okay, that was all really horrible stuff, right? Yes. It's not over yet, but okay, however, so we are... I want to be with your stories. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're on to the reason I chose this story. Our survivor, Kate Moyer, number five. Well, that didn't take forever. 17-year-old <laughs> Kate Moyer accepted a ride from the Bernies when she was outside of the car. When they Does nobody in Australia own a car? Like, are they the only people? Like, Jesus, everybody's <laughs> yeah. hitchhiking getting freaking rides. Well, I think back then that was the thing to do. It was just like... I don't think there was the fear yet. I think these people are the reason there is a fear in Australia now. Is I don't think they had all of this going on before that. 
We remember that Australia was formed by criminals, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm joking, That's true. Australia. <laughs> okay. So she's wait, she's on the, the road and they pull over and ask her if she wants a ride. And she says to them, well, are you going to kill me or rape me? And then Catherine answered, we'll only rape you if you're good. Which is like the darkest, worst irony. But she still got in. Because they, she thought they were joking. She was joking. Yes. <laughs> it's so dark. So disappointing. <laughs> yeah. When they pulled up to the house, Kate realized that she's in shit and she tried to get out of the back, but then she realized there was no back door handle. Catherine says to David, have you got the munchies? So that's what they said to each other. That was their little code word. If um, Catherine approved of any of these girls that they were picking up as hitchhikers or whatever, she would say, I've got the munchies. And that would mean you can have this one. So after... Oh, I'm glad they had little cute things. Right. Like, disgusting. After abducting her, David held a knife to her throat and forced her to call her mother. Moyer assured her mother that she had had too much to drink and was staying at a friend's house. She was hoping that her mother would realize it was a lie and call her friend, because knowing that Kate wasn't a drinker, but it didn't happen. She was forced to dance with them to um, dire straits. And then she was chained to the bed and repeatedly raped. Okay, so originally they put her into a different bedroom at bedtime um, where she... So Kate realized that there was a good chance she was going to be murdered here. And she started like... She was really smart. She was really, really smart. And she started leaving little clues everywhere around the house so that when the cops did show up one day, they would find evidence that she was there and then they would be they would have the evidence to uh, arrest them for her murder. So when she was put into this other bedroom, she made a secret drawing. I'm not sure if it was in a closet or something, but it was where they wouldn't see it right away. So she made this secret drawing. Um, and then he came back in and said, change of plans and brought her out of that bedroom and chained her up to himself. And they all slept together in the bed that night. Um, they didn't kill her on the first night, and Kate thinks it's because she gained their trust by watching Rambo with them and listening to Dire Straits with them. The day after her abduction, David went to work. Catherine went to the door to carry out a drug deal, because, yep, why not, right? Well, I'm not surprised by anything like this. <laughs> yeah. time, so. <laughs> but when she went to go do the drug deal, she forgot to chain Moyer to the bed. So Kate took full advantage of this opportunity and she escaped by climbing through a closed window by breaking its lock. However, she hit her head on the concrete on the way down. She got up, jumps over a gate and she's attacked by David's dog. And then she manages to get away from the damn dog, goes out onto the street and starts knocking on all of the neighbor's doors, but nobody answers. Then, awesome. Right. It's like a nightmare. She sees a vacuum shop and she runs into it and she was hysterical. She was barefoot and only wearing a tank top and leggings. And she told the shop owner that she had been raped. When the police arrived, she said that she had been abducted by, at knife point by a couple who had taken her back to her house to their house and raped her. Kate was taken to Palmyra Police Station where she was interviewed by Laura Hancock. Laura was the only female officer on duty at the time. 
She was also a brand new officer, and this was her very first statement she had ever taken. Awesome. Right. So we know where this is going. No, actually, Laura is our other hero here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Laura takes her statement to her senior officers and tells them what's going on. And they said they didn't believe her and said, oh, write it up as a false statement. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but luckily for Kate, Laura believed her. So she went in and started talking to her more. And Kate started telling Laura about all of the little details that of everything that she was doing or seeing while she was in there. While she was there, she wrote her phone number down on a slip of paper and left it in the house. She had a lipstick in one of her pockets, so she took that her own lipstick and shoved it down the couch cushions. So that it's it was proof that she was in that house, right? Yeah. Um, she found an address with a piece of mail on it. So she saw the address, but it had a fake name on it. It wasn't under David's name. But then she saw David's real name on a bottle of pills. So Kate told all of these things to Laura. Laura took all of this information back to the other officers. And when they heard the name David Burney, that's when they finally believed her because he had such a long record. <laughs> it's like, that's so unbelievable. I get, I get angry that they didn't believe her. Anyways... A lot of times they say that, right? Those when, like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's so messed up in the world today because you don't ever want that to happen to anybody. Yeah. But then you turn around and you let a girl that just wants to destroy a guy's life. Yeah. And, do it. and it it does happen, and that's like the worst of the worst because it just makes it worse for everybody. Like for everybody. Well, stuff like this, right? Yeah. And they go, oh well, she's just you know she's just trying to get this yeah. guy in trouble, or she just wants attention, or blah blah blah. Right? Yeah. Like it's so, and I'm not trying to justify what they did or anything like that, but. It, it is. It's so. Yeah. I've watched guys get, you know, in shit for not even doing anything. Yep, it's true. So the police go to the house and they find all of the things that Kate described. They found her lipstick, the drawing, and they even found the rainbow, the Rambo tape still in the VCR. David and Catherine were arrested, and during their interviews, they gave conflicting information. Catherine denied ever meeting Moyer. While David insisted insisted that Moyer had come over to their house voluntarily, oh my gosh, I can't speak, came to their house voluntarily to engage in consensual sex. Detective Sergeant Vince Caddick. And then decided to change her mind and run across town right. naked into yeah. a vacuum cleaner truck. I don't know why yeah. she changed her mind. Okay, so Detective Sergeant Vince Caddick convinced David to confess in real, and, and so he did. He confessed to the uh, murders of the other four women and but he wouldn't tell them where the bodies were buried and then he it was weird because he just sent he he says to david you know it's getting late out if you tell us now where the bodies are buried we can go find them before it gets dark and he's like all right i guess if we can do it before it gets dark and tell them where the bodies are buried <laughs> it's just so weird maybe he's scared of the dark it <laughs> could be you know there's monsters out there <laughs> there's truly monsters out there you know like one of them's him, but you know. <laughs> yes. When sent to trial, David Burney pleaded guilty to four counts of murder and one count each of abduction and rape. He was sentenced to four terms of life imprisonment after being found sane enough to stand trial. Catherine Burney was also sentenced to four terms of life imprisonment. And then David Burney on October 7, 2005, when he was 54 years old, was found dead in his cell. He had hanged himself from an air vent using a length of cord, which is kind of fitting. I hope he suffered. 
Catherine Burney is imprisoned still in the Bandy Up Women's Prison. She was up for parole in 2007, but it was denied. And the guy in charge said, because she was up again in 2010 or something, and I couldn't find what happened after that. But in 2007, he said, as long as I'm in power here, she's not getting out. So hopefully she just, yeah, yeah. Hopefully she's just there forever and rots as far as I'm concerned. But that's the story of Kate Moyer and her escape from these monsters. Nice. Well, that's good that she escaped. Yes. And she's probably saved. Well, who knows? Right. They're already at four, right? So there was yeah. no signs of stopping or slowing down. And right? within right? five weeks. Like, yeah. Like that's. That's insane. That's insane how quickly it escalated. Quick, 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 quick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> so, I guess it's my turn now? It is so. All right. Are you ready for this? Are you? I'm absolutely ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> All right. Well, then I suppose. How I'm... many times? Two. In 25 episodes, have I already talked about exotic pets? Uh, snakes, for sure. Yes. Killing people. Or someone picking up a snake on a motorcycle <laughs> yes. because they thought that was a good yes. idea. <laughs> I'm sure I could do at least 20 episodes just on stupid people with exotic animals that don't know what the hell they're doing. Like tigers? Tigers and bears and everything. I don't understand how we think we are the smartest people on this planet. Like, how how do we, how do we have the, I don't know, the, the, I don't know, you don't even know what to say. The gall. Yeah, Mm. to even say that we are like, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, we destroy the planet. True story. That's all we do, right? We destroy the We just put all the pollution and plastics in our oceans and and we pollute our air and everything we do. Were you you looking for arrogance? Yes, arrogance. (laughs) Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Halfway through my story, I've moved on. Well, it was nagging at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to finish now. Carry on. All right. Did I say pollution? Yes. All right. Um, I mean, now the good thing is here in Canada our government has solved pollution. Oh, yeah. They just tax it. Just taxes. <laughs> if you pay enough money, the pollution just goes away. Yes. That's yes. exactly what Trudeau's doing. Uh, we just do a carbon tax. Yes. And now it's all gone. Yep. So. We have no pollution. We have no money, but we have no pollution. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, I've gone off on a tangent now, so I will bring you back to where we were talking about. <laughs> um. I must also tell you that after 25 episodes, I'm also changing the rules. Oh, what? What are we doing? Because I've got so many females on here now. So many hers. (laughs) (laughs) That the Johnny thing is just not, it's getting confusing. So from now on, Johnny will always be my special little hero for males. Okay. But. I am going to change it so female heroes will now be Jessica. Jessica. Interesting choice. Because I have so many hers. (laughs) So from now on, Jessica and Jessica will be. And Jessica, in this story, is 60 years old. Oh, well. And has an absolute love of animals. Isn't she already a Darwin? She's not no longer in the gene pool. (laughs) (gasps) She could at 60. You don't know. (laughs) this year for her birthday she wanted something special so jessica asked for llamas or alpacas okay 
That doesn't seem very dangerous. No, not at all. So her family tried to put enough money together to get her to make her birthday wish come true. But sad as it is, they could not raise enough money to get Jessica her special gift. So what did they get her instead? What? <laughs> a raptor. Everyone always tries to do it. Yeah, they got her a raptor. <laughs> little T-Rex action. Little arms. They thought it was cute. Everybody tries their best for birthdays, right? Everybody yes, tries to do what they, they can do. for their yes. birthdays. So their family looked and looked, but all they could find that they could afford, and I, I, I'm not sure where this family's from, because all they could find to afford was a camel. Oh. Okay. Yes, a camel. That seems strange. I feel like I could when buy. Did camels become an affordable gift. I don't know, and I also think like they weren't. They were never because you, <laughs> they were used as dowries, right? Like. <laughs> I don't know. And why did they think it was a good idea for a birthday gift? I don't know, but I also feel like I could find a llama for a lot cheaper than I could find a camel. <laughs> so for Jessica's birthday, the family got her the camel. Now, the family was warned that the camel, every once in a while, could um, that's, could be a little grumpy. Oh, is this why they got it cheap? Well, maybe. <laughs> so now I mean, like when they it, got when, the defective camel, when it could be a little. <laughs> Could be a little grumpy. I mean, it could push you over. Oh no! It would push you over every once in a while, and uh, you know, it could also, you know, bite you every once in a while. That doesn't sound like a good birthday present. Well, no, but you know what? I had horses growing up. You know, I had yeah, horses and stuff yeah. like that, and we had horses, and they used to nudge us every once in a while. And every once in a while, they'd turn around and try to give you a nip if they didn't like yeah. something, and and blah blah blah. So I mean. Jessica probably didn't think much of it either, right? She had other animals on her farm and stuff yes. like that. So, and Jessica loved her new gift. She loved did. It. She did. Oh yeah. And spitting spit. and everything included. She there was no the... spitting. It's not a llama. It's a camel. A camel spit. Well, it didn't spit on her. In my story, <laughs> it was a spit-free camel. Stop putting words in my story. My story. <laughs> So she spent lots and lots of time with it. But one day while she was out in the pen, the camel was getting a little pushy. So pushy that it knocked Jessica to the ground. Oh boy. As Jessica tried to get out, the camel pushed her again to the ground. And again, she tried to get up. So the next time, the camel pushed her to the ground and they proceeded to mount and climb on top of her. Oh no. And then laid down. Oh no. <laughs> yep. With Jessica completely under him. The camel, by the way, was about 10 months old and roughly, oh, it was just a baby. And roughly 350 pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So a little later, Jessica's family would find her passed away from suffocation. Oh, my God. So again, why can't we just stick to normal animals like dogs and cats, for God's sakes? Dogs are bad enough. It was just a baby camel. Yes, it was just a baby. Yes. Oh, my God. So... Here's something for you. Okay. I thought I'd look up how many camel deaths can happen in a year, right? And where? What what country? Well, I was truly surprised. So now in countries that camels are used more regular for, you know, like transport transportation and carrying and like in Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. Yeah. There's actually about 348 deaths a year. Really? Contributed to camels. I bet you like 200 of those are tourists. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, and they also say there's a like 
the camels when they get going and stuff they can actually cause accidents like they like, like cars hit them like they hit oh, like horses and stuff so yeah. you can cause so yeah but 348 so i thought well eh, you know what i mean like is that high or whatever because i don't really know anything like that right so you start to compare it to horses and actually it wasn't that far off to what the horses right. camel yeah. ratio was though right um, but what I was surprised about was by how many in the USA were killed by camels. How and many it, camels are even in the USA? So a ton. There is a, like, there is so many camels. Seriously. So yeah, like, um, I read an article, it's called titled, <laughs> the title is smoked by a camel <laughs> and it really does. It happens more than you think. Like there was 145 deaths that occurred in the U S last year. Wow. Wow. So thing is how many are there right well you start thinking about it all the zoos in the united yeah. states have a camel that's true most of uh most um like even you know, the camel small... rides everything has you yeah. know what i mean and then there's um little uh sideshows and all this so yeah. there's a, actually i think they, they said there was something like um thirty thousand camels or something like that in the united states like but that seems like they're killing <laughs> for every three camels they're killing a person or something maybe it's for every 300 camels they're killing a person maybe it's their Mm. way of getting back so (laughs) so yeah and it actually states the camels like to bite kick stomp and like poor jessica sit on their targets that's actually what they do when they get upset and stuff so she must have pissed that camel off she must have i don't know she didn't give her the apple or whatever so yeah so i would really watch if you want to kill a camel um you know you might want to read up on them if you're gonna get a pet yep so oh how bad would that family feel right so now also if you want to buy a i thought maybe i'll get a little cost in here too right Mm -hmm. so in the u.s um camels like u.s and canada Camels go anywhere from five thousand to twenty thousand dollars. How is that a cheap birthday gift? Right. So this is what I'm saying. I don't know where this story. And I wish I could. They would have gave me where it is yeah. because if you and this is where I thought it was funny. If you go to Australia, yeah, which apparently has lots of camels, you can pick a camel up there for five hundred to thirty-five hundred dollars. Oh, that's so a it big depends difference. on yeah. So it depends on where you are. Right? I'm yeah. sure Saudi Arabia. You can probably I could probably just go there and trade you for a camel. Oh come on. <laughs> I'm worth at least five camels. Thank you very much. Well, maybe. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> my luck, I'd get one that's spit and bit me anyway. So <laughs> might as well, if I'm going to get spit and bit, it might as well be by you. <laughs> right? Right. All right. So that is my camel story. That's a good story. Good would job. you like good my job. second one? I would. You're going to love this one. Okay. So on to our next Darwin Darling. Most of the world is just starting to open up from COVID. Yes. Still, some places are asking you to wear a mask. And most places have hand sanitizer available. What the hell did she do with hand sanitizer? Right? So for the and it's for the public to use to clean their hands and stuff. Now I don't know if seeing hand sanitizer everywhere all the time brought up the cure curiosity or whatever. Are you pouring during my story? You're not even listening. You're over there getting drunk. It's on video. Oh, it's not. It's on radio. It's on. It's in the speaker. I'm still listening. Uh, Hand sanitizer. So all the time brought up the curiosity um, of our next little Jessica. Okay. Because it's a her. It's a her. Uh, Like the smell. But something made Jessica think that it would be a good idea to drink an entire bottle of hand sanitizer. 
Yes, drink it. Oh no, that's it. That have you ever like even tasted it accidentally? How no. You, no. Oh, what are you doing? We put it on your hands and lick it. How would you taste it accidentally? <laughs> I don't know. Just touch your face afterwards. Why would you touch it. your face afterwards? You've accidentally tasted hand sanitizer. I have not. At this point in COVID, everybody. I have has. not because it says right in COVID, don't touch your face. <laughs> Anyways, it tastes awful. Mm. I can't even begin to imagine. Mm, you were probably taste testing it because you were going to go drink some. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it turned out for Jessica. And well, you, you got to make sure what you got to really test is what hand sanitizer you're drinking. Okay. Because this one had methanol in it, which is highly toxic. Why? But who though? cares? Because it's so refreshing. Was she trying to get drunk? What? I don't know. It doesn't say why she did these things. She had to have been trying to get drunk. Now she must have been younger. Because she gets this, she passes away. And Jessica's parents are now suing the company for not writing a warning on there that there was methanol in it. Oh, come on. Yep, really. Like the big do not to drink. Oh, my God. <laughs> or take internally was not enough. I, they, uh, that's they, uh, ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, it sucks. They lost their daughter. It really, truly sucks. But that's not the company's fault. Yeah. So... I wasn't going to get any more into it because after a camel sitting on somebody and I wasn't going to find out how many people are drinking hand sanitizer, yeah. <laughs> I just really didn't decide I wanted to look up any yeah. So that is my Darwin Heroes for the week. Well, good job. Johnny and Jessica. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> so this is our call to action. Everybody that's listening, I know there was people that reached out to us today and think, where's my podcast? Yes. So thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that you guys miss us if we're not right on time. We yes. are doing our best to have it out every Monday. Oh, and because we always showed out the listeners that we're aware of, and I wasn't aware that Leslie has been listening, so I wanted to shout out, thanks, Leslie. Leslie Schnarr? Leslie. Yes, Leslie. Let's not say her last name. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want that. She wants it. <laughs> she th she's now famous. Yes. She's now known in 25 countries. That's true. If anybody's looking for her, she lives in Toronto. <laughs> yes. Her address is 137 Maple Leaf Lane, Toronto. What is that? The Rogers Center? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's Leslie's address. Way to go. Blow hot. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, again, everybody, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We really, really do. Um, numbers are still staying around the same, so that's good. Thank you. But we're still trying to get to 71, please. Yes, 71. 72. 72. 72. I'm being a little bit greedier with 72. <laughs> I'll take 71. I'm not greedy. <laughs> Give me 71. Uh, again, if you want to reach out with any kind of stories uh, before we start uh, our video chat, yes. you can email us at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. You can always check us out on Instagram. Cheryl's got some good stories up on Facebook and playing around on there. So you can go on there and check that stuff out as well. Yep. So now it's time for the joke. The joke. So. Women are always saying that men should get, we should get in touch with our feminine side. Okay. Right? Okay. Don't you hear that a lot? Yes. So I decided I was going to do that. Oh, God. So I went out and crashed the car, and now I'm not going to talk to you for an entire day for no reason. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I got in touch with my feminine side. 
Yeah, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> now I'm not going to talk to you, and there's no reason why. And I crashed the car. That's all we got for this time, guys. I got to go find somewhere to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye.